This podcast is brought to you by Voice of Vets. Voice of Vets. Hear it. Feel it. Feel it. Feel it. Feel it. NGOs are facing a great number of challenges arising from internal weaknesses as well as limitations emanating from official frameworks and support mechanisms aimed at strengthening them. These play a critical role in advancing social change and transformation. But would their current funding model need to be addressed for them to make a sustainable impact in South Africa. We are joined by David Barnard at this time here on the COVID Report, who has extensively published and presented issues relating to development and ICT4D in Africa. His areas of expertise, including the role of international development, funding, philanthropy, and NGO sectors in Africa. Mr. Barnard, thank you so much for joining us here on the COVID Report. As a start, could you please take us through what crucial development, humanitarian, and advocacy functions do NGOs play in our society? Well, first of all, uh, thank you for, for having me. Um, obviously, this is a, a very topical issue, the impact of COVID on the broader nonprofit sector. So in the case of South Africa, an integral part of our society, they played a critical role pre-94 in the fight against apartheid. And I think today you can basically group um, nonprofits into three main categories. You have ones that I would say you can refer to as welfare organizations. They deal with the elderly, with abused children, provide counseling services. Then I think you have a wide range of organizations that would fit into what I would call service provision, be it conservation, healthcare etc. And then on the other side of the spectrum, you have those organizations that I would say, you know, can classify as social justice organizations. They're involved in policy work, advocacy work, um, and, and deal with many of the structural issues um, in our society. So it's a significant sector in terms of size, you know, according to the Department of Social Development, there are more than 230,000 registered entities. If that is a correct number, that's obviously up for discussion. But regardless of the accuracy of the number, you know, this is a sector big in size in terms of numbers, the people that it employs, and obviously indirectly and indirectly also the contribution it makes to the economy at large. Now, at a time when contributions of NGOs are more critical than ever before, they're confronted with the negative impacts of this pandemic. Could this possibly have an effect on their current operations and their long-term sustainability? You know, there's no doubt that the impact of COVID on the sector is, you know, is both immediate and the impact will be negative um, in the long term. I've just done a study uh, with an organization in Senegal called Epic Africa, where we um, surveyed more than a thousand nonprofits um, across the continent to try and better understand what was the immediate impact of COVID on their work, plus, you know, how they see the, 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 the medium term and the long term unfold and, and what will be the, the implications for their work. 98% of the surveyed organizations indicated that they were negatively impacted. Um, and that is that's significant. And obviously, the key issue that everyone is concerned about um, is funding, because nonprofits are 99.9% dependent on someone else's money, be it it is companies, corporates, be it it is foundations, be it it's individuals. All of those um, sectors of society have also been negatively impacted by COVID. So if they are impacted negatively, 
the ripple effect will obviously then impact um, on the sector at large. There's obviously less funding available. There will be less funding available in future. So organizations that are dependent on, on those sources of funding or dwindling sources of funding, no doubt will be impacted negatively. The, the unfortunate bit about all of this is at a time when you know the needs in our society are significant um, and obviously as a direct result of COVID and therefore the need for the services and the contributions um, of the nonprofit sector is significantly higher than maybe ever before. This coincides with obviously the sector, um, you know, being confronted with its own funding and sustainability issues. So it's a it's an unfortunate scenario. Um, there's no obvious answer in terms of how you're going to fix it, but the impact on the sector is obviously very negative. And if it's if the sector is impacted negatively, then obviously the impact on society at large will also be negative. This forms as a great segue to my next question. And you've just alluded to the fact that they aren't any immediate answers to this question, certainly the question I'm about to pose to you next. But seeing that most NGOs rely on grant funding and individual donations to support their operations, is this an efficient model uh, to sustain operations post-COVID-19? And what options will the NGOs of today be faced post-COVID and when, as you've alluded to, the funds are dwindling already will be next to non-existent in that future? Look, that's that's a that's a difficult question with no there's no easy answers to it, and most probably it will play itself out um, in a different way from one organisation um, to the next. You know, if people start talking about a new normal, you know that no, new normal obviously applies to the nonprofit sector as well. Um, if there's less funding available, then you know the, the implications of that are multifold. Obviously, on one level, it means that nonprofits would be able to, to do less than before with, with less funding. You know, another implication could be that you will see many organizations um, close down. And I think there's already evidence of organizations closing down. And as I said before, maybe the, the, the real impact of COVID is not necessarily only what is felt currently in the sector, it will unfold over time as, you know, the, the broader economic repercussions um, of COVID starts filtering through society with less money, and obviously that will impact the sector per se. The one thing um, which I think if you speak to people um, about this topic is that, you know, it would be a missed opportunity for the sector if because of COVID there's not a serious reflection and almost introspection on, you know, what is our role? What is our contribution? What can we do differently in improving our work? Can we get around with less than what we've received um, in the past? So, and I think those are the, the type of questions that are not only limited to nonprofits. I think it applies to all sectors of society that have to revisit, you know, their modus operandi of the past and if that is still um, relevant uh, today. So, you know, starting with, say, your cost structure in organizations. Do you need to have a, a big building? Do you need to pay rent? Are there ways, you know, if, we, if organizations were forced to work from home, et cetera, et cetera? Are some of those um, practices, can that become part of the modus operandi going forward? So reflection on your cost structure, obviously rethinking your fundraising strategy. You know, if you 
were dependent on, say, big grants in the past, and those grants are no longer available. What are you going to do about it? Are you going to improve, your, say, your focus on individual fundraising? Are you increasingly going to use technology? Um, are, you, are you in a position to start thinking about some income-generating service, which is probably easier said than done? But these are all the issues that I think now are confronting nonprofits in terms of thinking and rethinking their sustainability, you know, their value proposition, and ultimately um, their sustainability. Thank you very much for that. Now, as far as the NGOs that are trying to do the work, that are putting their best foot forward to help mitigate the impact of this pandemic for those in need, are there any initiatives available to them to assist them during this period? Look, um, in the case of South Africa, on a national level, I think we were fortunate with the introduction of initiatives such as the Solidarity Fund. But those initiatives are obviously not earmarked specifically for the nonprofit sector, although one would hope that some of the, the resources were also channeled to, to, um, to nonprofits. Um, you know, a, a few examples come to mind where various entities try to, to come up with specific initiatives to, to support the sector. You know, you have organizations like Nation Builder that had a big, a big fundraising campaign around what they called the Gap Fund to support nonprofits. Organizations like CAF Southern Africa manage various emergency funds that various funders made available for nonprofits under these circumstances. The National Lottery Commission made a special um, allocation specifically for nonprofits because of COVID. So you had those initiatives on, on the high level. But again, you know, given the size of the sector, you know, um, as much as, as those contributions were helpful, um, they would have limited impact on, on a sector of more than 200,000 um, organizations. I think what, and, you know, people that are already funding nonprofits was probably, um, there were very few cases, I think, where people suddenly had more money to, to make available. They were rather looking after the nonprofits or their grantees that they have been supporting in the past. I think where you have seen, say, um, some interesting and positive developments uh, is around the issue of, of individual giving or individual fundraising, where nonprofits on the one level, you know, circumstances force them to maybe start looking at things like crowdfunding and utilizing their, their, say, their online presence um, to generate support and interest in their work. While at the same time, I think, as we all know, South Africans, at, at large, are, are, you know, are very generous people and, you know, people would help out. So I think many people, even if it was small amounts, also, you know, supported, you know, nonprofits, be it in their local community or that they saw on the news or in the media that are doing interesting work, et cetera, et cetera, and made, say, some donations in that regard. So hopefully that is a trend that more organizations can focus on that is not a once-off because of COVID that they also start thinking about how their reputation, the work that they do, communicate better about it, get more people interested in the work that you do. And hopefully in terms of, say, South Africans at large, or for that matter, anywhere, people anywhere in the world that take an interest in the work that they do, that through individual fundraising or, say, crowdfunding, that that slowly but certainly becomes, you know, a significant part of, say, the broader fundraising approach and the fundraising strategies of, of local nonprofits. I'm not sure that in terms of, say, um, traditional grant funding, if there's going to be a lot of new funding uh, coming to the fore, because, you know, organizations that rely on the endowments to make um, funding available to, to nonprofits 
all of them have been impacted in one way, in some form or shape. So at best, you know, one can hope that they will sustain their current levels of support um, and that one won't see a significant drop in, in the money available. You know, in terms of, say, corporate social investment money, um, already a significant, you know, money from, from that quarter is a significant contribution to the work of nonprofits. And, the, the, you know, the fallout on, on the economy and, and how that would impact CSI funding will only must probably come to the fore in, 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 in coming months. But I don't see even on that level that there's a lot of new money going to become available to nonprofits. So, you know, you have to, organizations will have to tighten the belt, have to start thinking creatively, start exploring with, with new type of approaches and strategies. And obviously the reality check is not, not every organization is in a position to overnight change their modus operandi, change the focus of their work, start doing new type of things that they haven't done in the past. These are all factors that are now part of either how you think about your survival, if you think negatively about it, or how you think about your sustainability and your long-term future, you know, if you're in a position to do that. Now, we have noted on multiple instances across the history of this show and with every conversation that we've had, we've noted how this pandemic has changed the landscape of so many aspects of our lives. And in certain instances, it's forced the people that have been impacted by the pandemic to set up shop, to clean up shop, to prepare themselves um, and set themselves up in a way that makes sure that should another crisis of this magnitude hit us, they will be adequately prepared to weather the storm. In terms of NGOs, in your opinion, what type of leadership and fundraising efforts will be needed to overcome current challenges which uh, NGOs face? And how could this then help NGOs better prepare for the future and better prepare for another storm of this magnitude, should it ever come? You know, just again, referencing um, the research. So from that study, um, more than 80% of the surveyed organizations indicated that they were totally unprepared for, for what was to happen or what was to come because, because of COVID. Now, and that's not necessarily unique to nonprofits. You know, if I think, if you think about every sector of our society, was unprepared for, for COVID initially. And, you know, as, you know, the pandemic spread and, you know, we entered lockdowns, whatever, you know, it was evident that very few sectors of society was really, were really prepared uh, for what was to come. So that's a serious reality check. Um, and especially for all the things that we've already discussed in terms of the vulnerability of the sector because of its dependence on external funding, et cetera, et cetera. That level of preparedness or unpreparedness, you know, are obviously under the spotlight. And it's, it's not something that you can wish away. The sector, and again, as I said, there's no easy answer for this, but leaders in individual organizations, and I think anyone with an interest in the sector, either inside of the sector or in government, in the private sector, in academia, interested in the survival and, and ultimately, you know, the, the, the unique contribution and to support the unique contribution of nonprofits, have to take the situation very seriously. Um, you know, fundraising, you know, I've already alluded to it, you know, how do you think about fundraising sustainability? How do you think about your operations? Um, how do you think about your reputation and your communication about the work that you do? either on an internal level or as a sector at large, you know, these things require very careful 
um, attention, um, I think very clear thinking um, going forward. Otherwise, you know, you, you could end up in a scenario of a significant number of organizations closing down and the ripple effect of that on South African society would be significant. It would be disastrous because the reason why there are so many organizations is exactly because, you know, the absence or the lack of services or the inability of government or for that matter, the private sector to provide certain services, you know, in that sense, you know, your nonprofit sector, you know, is that buffer in society that in many ways are keeping things together. Indeed, indeed. Now, with South Africa's NGOs, them being categorized, as we've, uh, as we've covered earlier, by dependency on foreign funding, what do you think the future of NGOs will look like post-period of COVID? Well, it can play itself out um, on a number of levels. Um, if, you, if you're really optimist, then you hope that organizations will, will take their medicine and, and make the necessary internal adjustments if they're in a position to do that. Um, and have the means at their disposal and people that support them, allow them to, to make those changes. On the far end of the spectrum, you could see a significant number of organizations closing down, or you could see significant scale back in their activities. And I've already alluded to what the impact um, of that might be. Um, you know, there's a lot of talk about, you know, almost using private sector language around mergers, whatever. So far, you know, there's not a lot of evidence and, and, and historical experience in the South Africa context of organizations merging um, that are doing similar or, or, or complementary work. But who knows? Maybe this is that period in time where, you know, these things uh, could become, you know, a bigger part of the conversation about how do you sustain the sector? How do you make it stronger? How do you cut out wastage or, or you know, duplication in activities? So I think all of these scenarios um, are in play, and this was probably still too early, you know, to, to be very explicit about what the end result of this might look like. You know, we, you know we're still not um, out of the COVID scenario. You know, the day-to-day -day situation in South Africa might get better from a, from a health point of view. Uh, but, you know, um, there's still daily cases. Um, we're still in, 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 in a phase one of, of, of the kind of the, the disaster um, measures. Um, you know, the economy is struggling. The global economy is struggling. Um, and until, you know, there's more certainty about many of these issues, the real scenario or the real impact on, on the sector will, will, you know, remain uncertain and, and very fluid. Certainly. Certainly. And finally, from me, Mr. Barnard, the role that NGOs have played in advocating for equality and social justice in South Africa cannot go understated. Could you please take me through the ways in which the pandemic has made their efforts to continue to advocate for equality and social justice even harder over the course of this period? Are the issues that NGOs have faced in this regard just exclusive to the pandemic or are there other um, external factors making this work more difficult for them? Beyond the, the welfare or the kind of the service delivery type organizations, I think a, a big part of, of how the South African nonprofit sector is defined is by, you know, that grouping of organizations that would put in, say, the social justice um, category. They were instrumental in much of the work, um, as I said earlier, before 94. 
And I think post-94, there's been no shortage of issues uh, for social justice organizations to focus on. I think very relevant uh, to, to the current scenario, you know, issues around state capture and corruption. You know, it is as many of South Africa's social justice organizations that have been raising these issues, been pushing these um, around accountability and transparency um, in terms of government actions or government spending, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, if the sector at large is impacted, you know, nonprofit organizations or your social justice organizations are the ones advocating for change, are raising issues that are critical. Um, so if COVID impacts them, you know, you know, the repercussions will, will be very significant. On the flip side to that is obviously social justice organizations are also that part of the nonprofit sector um, that rely on a very select type of, of, of funding and support in the past, mainly from, from overseas. Um, that is also a real concern to many people in the sector, that where is the funding going to come from social, for social justice work? It's not the type of issues that, say, the private sector necessarily um, would like to be associated with reasons. Um, it's not necessarily always the issues that individuals of Africans um, are contributing to. It's much easier to support, say, conservation issues or children's issues or women's issues, et cetera, et cetera. All of those issues, obviously, very important. But in terms of, say, the, the, you know, the, the more difficult issues around social justice, that's not necessarily where, where local funding has been, been channeled to. So that's a tricky issue. It's a challenge going forward. And one can only hope that, say, as there hopefully a level of normality returns to society at large, that, you know, the, the, the current funding um, levels for social justice organizations will, will be retained and that we won't see a significant decrease on that level as well. We were just joined by Mr. David Barnard here on the COVID report. Mr. Barnard is an extensive researcher on the role of NGOs in society, talking us through the wonderful work, the necessary work that they do to help mitigate the impact of COVID-19. This podcast was brought to you by Voice of Vids. By Voice of Vids. To hear more of our shows, tune in to 88.1. Or streams by www dot vafm dot co dot za